progress. Okay, we're up to Daf Chaf Aleph Amid Aleph. Just to review, uh, we're up to four lines into the page. The Mishnah had said that if a person says I'm a Nazar, and then someone else is Vani, and then another person says Vani, the halacha is that all those people are Nazirim. They're all Nazirim, but if the first one, his Naziris is removed, then they're all removed because they're all latching onto him. So, we're going to analyze that a little bit. But then the Gemara said, said Rish Lakish, all of them have to say within Taikadei Dibar of the original one. So that original one says it, you have three seconds, though. Rav Yudah disagrees. He says, no, it's, it doesn't have to be Taikadei Dibar. It has to be, it could be right after Taikadei Dibar. So instead of three seconds, he extends it to six seconds. So the Machlaik is whether you have three seconds or six seconds. So the Gemara says, let's bring a proof for Rish Lakish that it has to be within three seconds. Why? Because what does the Mishnah say? If a person says, I'm a Nazar, and then the other one says, and, the other, and then a third one says, then the Mishnah stops. Now, why does the Mishnah stop giving examples? Seemingly, because he ran out of time. So you only have enough time for two people to say va'ani. That sounds a lot like Rish Lakish, that you only have three seconds. Have three seconds each, oh, no, so the Gemara now is assuming that you have only from the original. So you only have three seconds from the original. So therefore, and Rav Yehuda extends it to six seconds, fine. So therefore, says the Gemara, it's a right to Rish Lakish. Why? Because the Mishnah said va'ani, va'ani, that's it, two. And then it stopped counting. So it must be, you ran out of time. It must be that it's only three seconds. Because it says, I say I'm a Nazar, and then you say Vani, and then he says Vani, and then the Misha stops giving more examples of that. Because so how long? Because it sounds like you don't have time for a third person to say Vani. Why? Because you ran out of time. That's a pretty restrictive amount. So the Gemara says, no, Tanaki You think the Mishnah has to list it all like a peddler, meaning the Mishnah doesn't. Really, the truth is, now the Gemara changes it. This is what Shimon is mentioning. Here. Really, the Gemara says it could be, it doesn't have to be Teich de Dibar of the original. Really, it could be that every single time the first person says it makes three seconds or six seconds according to their view, and then the second person creates a new three seconds and six seconds, and then the third second, meaning we were assuming that it has to be Teich de Dibar from the original. And then you have a proof that it's only three seconds supposed to six seconds. The Lord says, no. Who said it has to be Tech Dibur of the original? If I say I'm a Nazir, then you have to be within my Tech Dibur. But then Shimi has to be within your Tech Dibur. But I should be with your. And really, the truth is, Lichsha Velizel, the, the Mishnah didn't list it. The Mishnah really can go. It can go until infinity. It doesn't have to be within the first three seconds. So it's not a riot to Rish Lakish or to Rav Yehuda. Because it doesn't have to be within the first three or six seconds. It could be that every single time a person says he's a Nazir, it creates a new amount of time. So therefore, it's not a proof at all. The Missioner just said two, because what do you want the Missioner to do? Say four? Say, and then if he says four, you'd say, what about six? And then it says six, what about eight? The Missioner doesn't have to list uh, 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 until infinity. It says two, that's enough. So then the Gemara says, wait, wait a minute. For Nichad, okay, fine. You're telling me the Mishnah doesn't want to list until infinity. I get that. But then why are you listing two? Just say one. I'll get the concept, right? You're telling me one person says Amenazah, the other one says Vani, then the Mishnah says, then the third person says Vani, and then it stops. So we thought it stops because you ran out of time. Do you mind if I use a Gemara? I ran, I left my Gemara at home. Do you mind looking with uh, Gavin? I'm sorry about that. So, so the Gemara says, so the, at first it thought that it had to be within three seconds because it said Vani, Vani, and then it stops. That's the mission. No, 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 no. Really, it could be until infinity because as long as it's within three seconds of each one, it's until infinity. And it just said two because that's what the mission wanted to say. The mission doesn't have to tell you everything. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. So the, shouldn't the mission just say one? 
Why is it listing two? I Meaning, you want to say one, fine, that's the example. Once you start doing two, kind of sounds like you're being specific. Once I see one, that's enough. Why does the Mishnah have to list two people saying Vanis? The Gemara answers, really the Mishnah could have said one. The reason why it said two is just for consistency. The end of the Mishnah, Mishnah Dutani Sefer, the end of the Mishnah says, the only reason why it said two people is because the end of the Mishnah wants to tell you a halacha, right? What was the halacha that if you have, I say Amanaz and then you say Vani, Vani, then the Mishnah said, if I, if my Naziris is removed, then, then your guy's Naziris is removed. But then the Mishnah said, if the last person's Naziris is removed, we're still Nazirim. Because you're on my foundation, I'm not on your foundation. Because the Mishnah wanted to say that and it wanted to clarify, it needed three people just to make it clear. It wanted it to be clear that there's the first, the second, and the third, and what happens if the first is revoked, if the third is revoked, and therefore, because the Mishnah wanted to have a case of three, it said Vani, Vani two times. The truth is, from the Reisha, it could have just said Vani once. It wanted to just, for the flow of the Mishnah, it makes it easier to have three people to make the examples more clear. That was it. Okay, now, we, we went back and forth a little bit, we had a kasha, we had a rejection. Now the Gemara is going to actually ask the question. Instead of making a question, making an assumption, rejecting the assumption. Meaning, the assumption was that I say I'm a nazar. You say va'ani, you say va'ani. The assumption was you both have to do it within my taichideh because you're both latching on to me. Then the Gemara rejected it. No, maybe you have to do within my teichadeh diver, but then he has to be within your teichadeh diver, and he could be within your teichadeh diver, and he could be... That was the back and forth. The Gemara now just asks, asks it outright. Iboilu, I have a question. Chad bechadre mitzvis, or dilma bechadma mitzvis? Meaning, I say I'm a nazir, you say va'ani. You're definitely latching onto mine. Then you say va'ani. The question is, are you latching onto mine, or are you latching onto Menashe's? Now, this has a couple nafkaminas. First of all, nafkamina, which we just saw, is does it extend the time? Because if you're latching onto mine, it's got to be within three seconds of what I said. If you're latching onto Menashe, then it could be three seconds of his statement. Okay, but there are a much more uh, direct uh, nafkamina, the Gemara says, Lamai nafkamina, latfu seyu mezel. I am echad bechadri mitvis, mitvas and lazen loyland. I am echad mitvis. And that is, the nafkamina is, how much time do you have? If you're latching onto mine, then you only have three seconds. Or, but if you're latching onto the next guy, then each guy generates a new three seconds. That's the Gemara's kasha. So, Tashima, Hareini Nazir, Vishama Chavere, Vomer Vani, Vani, Vesulay Midi, Shmamina, Vekamahudamatvis, Disakadai, the Chabachad, Mitvis, listening to Vani. It's, it's, it's so interesting. These dafim, the mamash, the mamash repeating themselves. The Gemara says, I'll prove it to you. Again, what's the question? The question is, I say I'm a nazi, you say vani, and then Shemi says vani. The question is, is he jumping onto mine, or is he latching onto yours? What's an afkamina? How much time does he have? If he's latching onto mine, if everybody's latching onto the original, then everybody has just the same three seconds. But if they're latching onto each other, then he has, you, you have three seconds, and then you have three seconds, and then you have three seconds, and then that's... Oh, so the, the Gemara, we're speaking it outright. So now the Gemara says, I have a kasha. I, I have a proof. What's the proof? What did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said that if someone says, I'm a nazir, and then someone says, va'ani, va'ani. If he said twice? No, one twice. person says va'ani, and then a third person says va'ani, and then the Mishnah stops giving examples. Why? Seemingly because you ran out of time. 
it must be a proof that it goes from the original guy. Which in Mamish, we just had this. And then the Gemara is going to reject it. No, the Gemara says, Tani No, really, you each one is latching on each other and it generates a new three seconds. So why does the Mishnah just say two? Because is the Mishnah a peddler that it should keep going till infinity? Really, it could keep going and keep going. When it says two, it's not because it ran out of time. Two was the example the Mishnah gave, but it really could continue. We just Mamish had this about three minutes ago. This so is the, the concept of why they feel it was not edited by Ravina and Ravina. Well, this is, yeah. This was a give and take that was yeah, that's true. The Nazir might be a little bit of a different version. But you have this in other shots also. But the, the point is, the Gemara says, so, that, okay, so then the Gemara says, wait a minute. Wait, if you're telling me that the Mishnah is just giving an example, but it doesn't actually mean two, it could keep going. It's just, it's not a peddler. Then why doesn't the Mishnah just say one? Isn't one a good example? Why do you need two? And the Gemara says, The answer is, as we said before, that the reason why it really could just say one. But because the end of the Mishnah it makes it more clear when there's three, so the beginning of the Mishnah wanted to have three as well. But we do not have a proof as to the original question. Again, our question is, if I say I'm a Nazar, you say Vani, and then he says Vani, is he latching onto mine, or is he latching onto yours? So the Gemara says, okay, well, so we said one nafkamina would be how much time you have. Well, the Gemara says, you know, you know what another nafkamina is? What if Menashe's uh, uh, um, Naziris gets revoked? If you're latching onto mine you'll still be a Nazir. If you're latching onto him, then you drop also. So that's, that's a huge nafkamina. So let's look at the Mishnah. Tashima, Hutter Harisha and Hutter Kulon. The Mishnah says that if you have one person makes a Nazir, and then another one says Vani, and then a third one says Vani, the halach is that if the first person's Naziris is revoked, they all fall. That implies that all the Naziris falls dafka when the first ones is revoked. But if the middle ones revoked, it doesn't affect anybody else. But why? If Shimi's, if the third person is latching onto the second, who's latching onto the first, then if the second person's Naziris is revoked by a rabbi, that should naturally drop the third. That's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says the only time it affects others is if the first one. It doesn't say anything about the middle one. So the Gemara says, And the fact that the Mishnah indicates that it only affects the first one, that if the first one drops his Naziris, then they're all dropped. It doesn't say anything about the second one. That implies that if the second one's Naziris dropped, it does not affect anybody, meaning the, the, the third person is latching on to the first, not to the second. Because that's not the Mishnah does. Because if, if it's true, that each person is latching on to the Nazir before them, then the, why does the Mishnah say that the only time it affects others is if the first one is revoked? It should say, if the second one is revoked, that also affects the third. So the Gemara answers, No, really, it could be that each one is latching on to each other. And really, if the second one is revoked, it does affect the third guy. So why is it not in the Mishnah? The answer is very simple. The Mishnah could have said that. Again, what was the proof? We're asking a question. I say I'm a Nazar, you say Vani, you say Vani. The question is, are you latching on to my Naziris, or are you latching on to the person before? What's a Nafkamina? What if his Naziris is revoked by a rabbi? If you're latching on to mine, you're still a Nazir. If not, your Naziris falls. 
So the Mishnah doesn't say anything about that. The Mishnah just says that if the first one's revoked, they're all revoked. It doesn't say anything about the second one. It must be, because if the second one is revoked, it doesn't affect anybody else. The answer is no. It could be really if the second one's revoked, it also affects the third. Why is it not listed in the Mishnah? Because the Mishnah wanted to pick a much simpler case. The first one that's revoked, everybody falls. That's easy to remember. Kulam is easy. All or nothing is easy. You start doing with the second one, and it's like, okay, the second one falls, then it affects the third guy, but not the first guy. Uh, it's confusing. Didn't want, Mishnah didn't want to deal with it. So the fact that it's omitted from the Mishnah is not an indicator of anything. It's just the Mishnah wanted to just pick simpler cases. Simple case is, first one is revoked, they all fall. Last one is revoked, no one falls. Easy, that, that's it. If it started doing the middle one, it's okay, you have to say, if the second one is revoked, it affects the third person, but doesn't affect the third person. That's confusing. It's not an indicator. Well, so then you'd have to figure that out. But that's exactly the point. The mission doesn't want to go to all these confusing nafkaminas. So, Tashimal, again, let's try to prove one more proof. Hutter ha'achron. Okay, we, 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 we. The Mishnah has two halachas, okay? The Mishnah has, you got three people, yeah? The Mishnah says that if the first one's revoked, they all fall. So the proof was, it only says if the first one's revoked. It doesn't say anything if the second one's revoked. So the Gemara says, yeah, because it doesn't want to get it. It's too confusing. It's, it, the omission is not indicated. It's just, it's, now the Gemara says, well, let's look at the second case. The second case of the mission is if the last one's revoked, it only affects him. That implies that if the middle one's revoked, it affects someone else. And the Gemara is going to answer the exact same answer. It's not in the Mishnah, not because it's indicative of anything. So the Gemara says, Toshima, in the next case of the Mishnah, if you have the last one's Naziris is revoked by a rabbi, then then it just affects him. That implies, that implies the only time where you're a revocation of the Naziris does not affect anyone else's when we're the last one. But if you were the middle one, it would affect someone. Because that's because the Mishnah doesn't say it. And the Gemara says, no. It could be no. It could be if the middle one is dropped, it drops someone else afterwards. This case, and what, what does it mean? Why does the Mishnah then say that Really, it could be that if the middle one is dropped, it doesn't affect the guy afterwards. So why does the Mishnah say the last one? The answer is when it says last one, it means the second. Achron doesn't necessarily mean last. It means after the first. So when it says Achron, it could be it means the second one. It's not indicative of anything. You could, you could wiggle your way out. So we're back to our original question, which is, when you have one person who says he's a Nazir, and then the second one says Amin, and then the third one says Amin, is the third one latching on to the first guy or latching on to the second guy? What's an Afkamina? What if the second guy gets his Naziris revoked? Does that affect the third guy? If the third guy is latching on to him, well, if he falls, the third guy falls. If the third guy is latching on to the original, then the middle guy is irrelevant. So we had a proof this way, a proof that way. The Gemara says, there's a Bryce that actually says it outright. Outright. The Gemara says, There's a b'risa that says it directly. What does the b'risa say? If the first one's revoked, everybody's latching onto him, everything falls. If the last one is revoked, it doesn't affect anybody else because he was the last. If the middle one is revoked, 
If the middle one is revoked, it affects everybody after him. So in this case, if Menashe's Naziris is revoked, then Shemiz Naziris is removed. You see clearly that each person is latching on to the person before them, not directly to the original. Shmamina. Well, it's just it's like this. You have this a lot of times that the Gemara wants to. You, you always have this. We have this proof is, uh, and then it's outright directly. My point is the answer of the Gemara was it would have been too confusing to list. I'm sorry. Well, it is more confusing than the Mishnah is. So you see that the Bryce is willing, more willing to go into cases. The Mishnah wanted to be a little more clean. Yeah. Okay. So this would mean that each one is latching onto the previous one, which would mean that it, each person extends another Teich Yeah. Okay. Now, back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said... Again, the concept of the Mishnah is that if I say I'm a Nazar and you want to latch on, you could say Vani, I'm also in. Then the Mishnah said another example of a person latching on to someone else's Naziris and accepting Naziris by latching on to his declaration is Hareini Nazar, I say I'm a Nazar, and you say, you say, my mouth is like his mouth and my hair is like his hair. So the Gemara at first... I, the Gemara's conclusion, I think, is very is more simple, and that is, why is that a declaration? You said your mouth is like his mouth and your hair is like his hair, because what you're saying is, my mouth will be treated like his mouth, just like his mouth cannot drink wine, my mouth also cannot drink wine, and my hair is like his hair, just like his hair cannot be cut, my hair cannot be cut. You're basically declaring Naziris. But the Gemara at first thinks that that's not the reason. The reason why it works is because you're saying a body part of yours is a nazir. Not that your entire body is a nazir, just a body part. That's what Gemara assumes at first. That if I say, my finger is a nazir, it would be valid, because you're saying my mouth is like his mouth, meaning just my mouth is a nazir, or my hair is like his hair, just my hair is a nazir, and that's a valid declaration, that if you say a body part of yours is a nazir, that's enough. The problem is, do we have this right? Weaker, but we never had specific avarim. True, but the Gemara at first, again, the Gemara is going to conclude that it's not because of a body part, it's because we actually understand that you're saying, my mouth will not drink wine like his mouth won't drink wine. It's not uh, my mouth, it's I'm a Nazir. But the Gemara at first thinks that the reason why it's a declaration is because you're saying a body part of mine is a Nazir, not my whole body, just a body part. Now, here's the problem. You're saying what body parts? Mouth and hair. The halacha is that if you want to say a body part of yours is a nazir, for it to be a valid form of naziris, it has to be a body part that's called hanashama tluyaba. There are certain, it has to be a vital organ. Meaning, if someone says, my left knee is a nazir, nope, because you could cut off your left knee and still survive. If someone says, my heart is a nazir, my lungs are a nazir, my liver is a nazir, then you're a nazir, because those are vital organs. So the question is, why if I say my mouth is a nazir, why is that valid? You don't need a mouth. Uh, lips are not a, 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 a vital organ to survive. Hair is definitely not vital. So why is it a valid form of Naziris? So the Gemara says, Just because you say your mouth is a Nazir, that's a valid form of Naziris. Go to the next page. Or many, I have a contradiction. The Brisa, the Mishnah, the Brisa talks about, what if I say a body part of mine is a Nazir? 
Not the whole body, just the body part. What's the halacha? Yodi nazira, viragli nazira. If you say my hand is a nazir or my leg is a nazir, that's nothing because you don't need your leg and your hand to survive. So it doesn't mean your entire body is a nazir. Raishi naziri, kvedi naziri. But if you say your head is a nazir, my liver is a nazir, haraiz a nazir. Those are vital organs. Zehaklal. This is the rule. Davresh and Shamatluya by Ariz and Nazir. If you say that an organ that's vital is a Nazir, then you're a Nazir. So why if I say my hair and my lips are a Nazir, those aren't vital? The answer is, says the Kamar, no. I'm Rav the Damar Hachi. This is what he actually meant to say. Yaisa pi kipiv meyayin. When he says my mouth is like his mouth, it doesn't mean my mouth is a Nazir. It means my mouth will be like his mouth. And just like his mouth doesn't drink wine, so do my mouth won't drink wine. It's a declaration of Naziris. It's not that a body part of mine is another. I won't drink wine, is what you're saying. Or, Sairi Kisairoi, my hair won't be like his hair. Just like his hair is not going to be touched by the razor, so too mine also. So it's not a body part of yours. It's you're actually declaring the laws of Naziris. You're, you're going to keep the laws of Naziris. You're not saying, my leg's a Nazir. You're saying, I won't drink wine. That's basically what you're saying. You're saying, my mouth is going to be like his mouth. And just like his mouth is not, a, is not going to drink wine, so do my mouth. So it's more direct than saying just a, a organ. Okay, now here's where we're going to get to the Shiloh. We've addressed it a couple times. And that is, if a husband revokes the vow of his wife's Naziris, is that retroactively revoked or revoked from that moment on? So a woman says she's a Nazira, the husband hears about it, right? The husband, the day that he hears about it, he can revoke it or he could confirm it. He hears about it two weeks in, he's like, no, 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 you're not a Nazira, revoked. The question is, is that from that moment on, she's no longer in Azira, but she was for two weeks, or it's retroactively completely removed, she was never on Azira. So we had it a little bit, if she said, if she became Tomei and set aside Karbanas, what you do with the bird, Chatas. So the Gemara is going to say like this, Harene Nazira, the husband has two choices when he hears about her Naziris. If he hears about it, he doesn't say anything. Well, then if he waits 24 hours. Only if he doesn't say anything for 24 hours. But that's a form of confirmation. That's, the point is, he has two real things. No, but that's a form of confirmation. He has a choice to either revoke or confirm. There's different ways to confirm. You could accept it, or you could just say nothing for 24 hours. But that's a confirmation. So the question is, if he revokes it, how do we perceive that? Says the Gemara, Shama Bailavamarvani. Any Yachalavarvani. I have a question. Baal Miyakir Akar, does a husband uproot? The nidarim retroactively, guys, or he cuts it from here on out. So the question is, does a husband revoke the vows, in this case a nazira, does he revoke it retroactively, that she was never a nazira, or from here on out? So the Gemara says, well, what's the nafkamina? Who cares? She doesn't have to, she's not a nazira anymore anyway, so what's the difference? The Gemara is very simple. A woman says she's a nazira, her friend says vani, her friend says amin. So, and the first, the husband revokes the first vow. See, when a rabbi revokes the vow, everyone agrees it's retroactive. That's why in the Mishnah, if I say I'm a Nazir, and then you say Vani, you're latching onto mine. If I go to a rabbi and he, ret- he, he, he gets rid of my vows, everyone agrees it's obliterated retroactively. So you're not a Nazir because you're latching onto mine and mine never existed. The question is a husband. So if you look at a husband as retroactive, then if a woman says, I'm a Nazir, and her friend says, Va'ani, I'm in, and then the first woman's husband revokes it, if it's retroactive, that means the second woman also is no longer a Nazira. If it's just from that moment on, 
So that then she was a Nazira because she latched onto a foundation. That foundation still exists. It's just the Nazira's ends abruptly without having to bring Karbanos. But it's not that it never existed. The Gemara says, So what's the halacha? Does a husband revoke the vow retroactively, or is it just from that moment that he hears that it stops? So the Gemara says, Tashima, Hareini Nazira, the Mishnah says that if a woman declares that she's a Nazir, and her husband hears this and says, I'm in. Okay, so here's the case. I'll tell you outside, then we'll see it inside. You have a woman says she's a Nazira. The husband says, I'm in. I'm in. Mishnah says the husband cannot revoke the vows. Why not? Now, forget what I told you when we read the Mishnah, because that's the conclusion of the Gemara. The Gemara thinks, why is it that the husband cannot revoke her vows? So the Gemara says like this. If you say that the husband, when he revokes the vow, it obliterates it retroactively, I understand why he can't do that. Why? Because by him removing her vow, he's actually removing his Naziris as well. And he doesn't have the right to do that. Meaning, she says she, she's a Nazir, he said, I'm in, I'm latching onto yours. He no longer can revoke her vows. Why? So the Gemara thinks, if you say the reason is that because the husband revokes the vow, it's obliterated retroactively, I understand why he can't do that, because by him removing hers, he's actually also removing his own. And he doesn't have the right to do that. But if you say that it's just removed from that moment onward, and it doesn't affect him at all, then why can't he revoke her vows? So the Gemara says, <speaking in Hebrew> If the husband just removes the vow from then on, <speaking in Hebrew> why can't the husband just remove her Naziris? If you say that it's retroactive, I understand that, because by removing hers, it's affecting his, and he doesn't have the power to revoke his own vows. But... If it's just from that moment on, then why can't he revoke hers and it doesn't affect him? And the Gemara answers, no, you're misunderstanding. The answer is, no, 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 you're misunderstanding. This is what I said when we learned the Mishnah. When the, the reason why the husband cannot revoke her vow is not because it affects him. It, it's very simple. When a woman says, I'm a Nazar, and he says, I'm in, that's a confirmation of her Naziris. So the reason why he can't revoke it, it's because he already confirmed it. And meaning, you might think that it's not a confirmation because he never said, I agree that you're a Nazir, but by him saying, I'm in, that means that your Naziris is a foundation I'm going to latch onto. So that itself is a reason why you can't revoke it. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's because you already confirmed it. You can't revoke what you already confirmed. The Gemara says, Tashima, again, let's try to bring another proof. Now, this is unlike the, the case we had, I think, yesterday, the day before, where a woman set aside a bird carbon, where it became Tommy. This is Stam. A woman made, made herself a Nazir, 30 days, filled the whole thing, set aside carbonos. The carbonos that she brings, these are animals, not birds. This is a chatas and olan and ashram. She set aside the animals to bring the carbon. And then what happened? Hefer labaylo, the husband revoked her naziris. Now, here's the question. What do you do with the animals? Now, says the Mishnah, Now, if the animals were his, they didn't belong to her, they belonged to the husband, then they, they, then they're his. They, 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 they no longer have holiness because the reason why she's allowed to use her husband's flock, even though generally you can't use someone else's stuff, is because it's his responsibility to give her a carbon. She doesn't need a carbon, therefore, 
not holy at all. But what happens if it was her animals? The halacha is, im let's say it was her animals. So she set aside animals from her own money for karbonos. The husband revokes her vow. What timeline? At what point? At the end. After 30 days. She's already set it aside. Why is it too late? If you say that it's retroactive, well, that's the thing. If it's retroactive, it's never too late, right? It's never too late until you actually like bring the carbonos. So the hu- well, no, he might have heard about it that day. I don't know when he heard about it. She, he might not have known that she was in his ear for 30 days. He, he heard about it, and he revokes it. Now, what's the halacha? Hachatas tamus. The halacha is that the animal that she set aside is a chatas. She has to let it die. Now, wait a minute. You can't, she can't use it because the husband revoked the vow, but it doesn't just go back to chulin because it was a carbon. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. What does that kind of sound like? That kind of sounds like the husband does not retroactively remove it. Because if the husband retroactively removed the, the carbono, the, the naziris, then that animal was never a carbon. Meaning, when the husband retroactively removes it, it's like it erases everything. If it erases everything, then why is this animal, right? This animal that she set aside as a chatas, she has to let it graze and, and die. She can't use it. Why? Because it has holiness. She can't bring it because technicalities, but she, she can't like eat it, its meat. Why? If the husband retroactively obliterates the naziris, then she never set aside an animal. There was never a need. It was never a carbon. There was never a sin. There was never anything. So why is there any holiness to this animal at all? It must be that the husband revokes the vow from that point onward. Therefore, the animal is holy. She can't bring it because the husband canceled it, but I understand why it's holy. So the Gemara says, no. Really, the husband obliterates it retroactively. So why is the animal uh, holy at all? Kivan deloy. It's a very strange thing, and that is, even if the husband revoked it retroactively, at the time that she set it aside, she set it aside because she needed atonement. Meaning, even if you say retroactively the husband obliterated it, it doesn't mean that it never happened. It just means we look back as if it didn't take place, but at the time that she set it aside, it was a valid consecration. So now the Gemara is sort of separating that when you say that it's retroactive, it doesn't mean it never existed. It just means halachically, we look at it, we, we sort of like the record books, we erase it, but at the time that she consecrated it, it was a necessary consecration. So even if you say retroactively, the, still the animal, because it was needed for atonement at the time, it still has holiness. I'll just read you the way, I'll just tell you, it's a very, I checked up last night, the, the, the way art school describes it is like this, annulment by a sage, that's retroactive, that's gone, nothing. The husband is different. Even if you say the husband is retroactive, even though her vow is canceled retroactively, the consecration is not regarded as erroneous. It's not, it, it's not under false pretenses. At the time that she consecrated the animal, she was correct in thinking herself in a zero. I, 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 the lumpness of it is very, very hard to understand, but we're saying that even if it's retroactive, still, we still, at the time that she did it, it made sense. Therefore, there's a certain level of holiness to the animal. So, also, so you're saying that if a rab did it... But if the rab did it, nothing, nothing. Nothing. So now we're saying that not all retroactives are made equal. The rab's retroactive 
it's obliterated. It never happened. The husband's retroactive. It's that halachically, while it, all the details might have been removed, but at the time it made sense. So at the time, there's a kedusha to the animal. It's hard so to, it's to understand. Yes. Someone says a chatas for no reason, just crazy. No. Nothing. 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 Just to finish up, the last sugya, uh, just the last proof. The Gemara says, Tashima. Again, the question is, does a husband revoke the vow retroactively or from that point onwards? So the Mishnah says, now this first line in the Mishnah seems to be very unnecessary. The Mishnah says, If a woman makes a Naziris, and she breaks the Naziris by drinking wine or contaminating to the dead, she gets lashes. Now, pause. Why do you have to tell me that case? She made herself a Nazira, she broke the Nazira, she gets lashes. Yeah, uh, okay. What's the Chiddush? The Gemara says maybe the Chiddush is, even if the husband revoked it, she still gets lashes. Why? Because it's not retroactive. So the Gemara says, hey, Chidami, wait a minute. If the husband ever revoked the, the, revoked the, 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 the Neder, and it's just Stam, a woman who made herself a Nazira and broke the Nazira, and the Chiddush is that she gets lashes, uh, isn't that incredibly obvious? It must be that the husband revoked the vow. And still she gets lashes. Why? Because it's not retroactive. Guys, the answer is no. Uh, look at the next line in the Mishnah, right? What did the Mishnah say? A woman made herself a Nazira. She broke the Nazira. She gets lashes. We said, it's Pashid. Why does it have to be written? It must be the husband revoked it. The says, no, no, no. Look at the next line in the Mishnah. The next line in the Mishnah is, if the husband revoked the vow, she doesn't get lashes. The answer is, that first line is Pashid. It's just there for the flow. The actual next line of the Mishnah speaks out that when the husband does revoke the vow, she doesn't get lashes. So it actually kind of implies from the Mishnah the opposite. So there's no proof. Really, the husband revokes the vow retroactively. So you're going to say, so then, what's the Chiddush of the Reisha? The answer is nothing. There is no Chiddush of the Reisha. The Reisha is only there for the Sefer, which is the husband revoked her vow, she didn't know this, and she still continued desecrating the Naziris. Still, she doesn't get lashes. The Chiddush of the Sefa is that even though she thought this, the Naziris was still going on, but because the husband revoked the vow, she doesn't get lashes. So the Reisha is not talking about a case of revocation at all, and we still do not know about whether the husband revoked it retroactively or from that point onward. Wow, my pleasure.